Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for The Heat Is On. The Heat Is On. That's funny. The Heat You and I be on. We're, we're taking a bit of heat this week, Jody, I think. Do you want <laughs> you want to talk to me? Because I am clearly an irrational oh. woman. And I am sometimes I have a hidden agenda or an agenda. And I'm like, what? You definitely I have, no have a hidden agenda. Hey, listen, actually, before we dive into this, and you mm -hmm. don't know this is coming, but sincerely, last week on this show, I was so frustrated, pissed off, and I think triggered by the bell layoffs that I got really antsy with you. And I was pushing back. And you know what? We were agreeing with one another, but I was just so upset. I should have taken a minute and I didn't. And I, and I, I'm sorry. Oh, that's the problem. I know, that's but still, it's healthy yeah, to it say, intense. oops, I was wrong. Like, anybody <laughs> want to do that, feel free to do it. It feels quite freeing. Sorry, well, I appreciate George. that. I appreciate that. I think, it, you know, it is an emotional thing, especially if you've worked in that industry, and I have, and you have, especially specifically radio. Uh, you know, yeah, we both sad. work in radio. We both work in radio. Um, in radio. And uh, we already, you know, we certainly feel the pain, you know. There's, we do. there's not a lot of but, money I mean, to pay for people like us anymore. And you were making the point about you were you were drawing a comparison to yeah. small town local newspapers, and I was just so viscerally upset about the radio. The good news is all those stations have been purchased by Vista. There will be local. I hope that some local papers are are picked up because the importance of local is growing by the day. And to that point, back to our original, the heat is on on Park Board. You and I are championing what is becoming. <laughs> It's almost like a gaslighting thing. It's like on, yeah. on social media, if you're, if you're not following along on Twitter, it's really interesting to watch George and I be tagged into things. Like people are riding our reach and they're bringing us in. We're not going actively in search of stuff. Like well, I've had to mute. I did a little bit of poking. I did a little bit of poking at John Cooper and, and the gang there on this is all, you know, I, I, I kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. Yeah, you do. You're a bit of an instigator, aren't you? <laughs> well, but the thing is that you and I are the only ones, I feel like you and I are the only ones sort of saying the park board's broken uh, besides the party in power in Vancouver. And this is, we have no connections to ABC. I have no connections. To, I have their friends. I have some friends that are on council, but I, I've never been involved in that party. I have no relationship with them. I've never been given any money. I have nothing to do with those guys. Uh, in fact, if anything, you might argue I'm, I'm no help to them. Uh, but on this front, you and I have said this for five years. We've been talking about the park board and yeah. have said our opinions on the park board. So what we're saying is nothing is new Nothing's and new. Our argument is that it's broken and it's had its time, and we need to, and the solution is being provided by ABC Vancouver. It seems like a logical solution. I think the premier will go along with it. Maybe not, but this movement has started. If you're not familiar, in Vancouver has its own park board, its own elected park board, a layer of of government that we have in Vancouver that nobody else has. The, and I've talked about this. I think the premier will say this is elitist. Why does Vancouver have a special thing, um, which will play well into his messaging. So we've been talking about this week because it's, there's a there was a big meeting and I kind of started by saying there's like 100 people there and I said oh great so 635,000 people didn't show up of <laughs> Vancouverites I mean it's you know it's kind of but is it a movement or is it just the same 100 people that used to come to council and and these things you know that's the ultimate question politicians have to decide not you and I however we have our opinions on this issue and we always have. Totally. And, and I think that you and I, if there's an agenda, it's to have nice 
parks that serve the people that have commonsensical rules around them. Yeah. I mean, this is this is not hard. And you know what? If the park board had been achieving that, and that is not to say that amazing things have not been done by by park board commissioners in years gone by, and they keep lobbing the things that have been done. I'm like, congratulations. Would those things also perhaps have been done without an elected park board? Because they do happen in other jurisdictions, like right next door, that don't like everywhere else. But okay, so brava for your past history, brava. But And, mm-hmm. and they are also saying, oh, and then there are some bad commissioners that have been voted out, you know, ones with agendas and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've already done that here. If you want to know about my opinion on, uh, historically speaking, some park board commissioners watch early unspuns because I'm not going through it again. Um, but what I will say, the ones that are coming for us now, and they're coming for us, George, they're coming for you <laughs> and I, who used to be their teammates in their minds. They'd be like, yeah, <laughs> way to bring it up, way to keep it on the hot, the front burner, way to go. Like, And now they're pissed because we're being anti-democratic. And I want to speak specifically to this, okay. this thing that you want to destroy the democratic process of the park board, this just in. Okay. We vote in our counselors on the same ballot that we vote in the park board. It's the same ballot that, that votes in the mayor. It's the same ballot that we decide on big expenditures. It's the same ballot to try and push a, a, a I don't even know, an, an overblown headline that we're somehow trying to rip up the ballot in the process is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's a talking point. It is, and it's a not a good talking point. It proves that you don't have a leg to stand on when you're calling it anti-democratic to say that 135 year old thing that's costing all of us taxpayers way more than it should to get nothing done. Like our parks are not great. And there was one woman, bless her, not gonna name her, but there's one woman says, my park's great. I'm like, good, good for there you are, that your park is great. But the overall, George, our parks have absolutely degraded over the last decade, maybe longer. And John Cooper, we mentioned him off the top. Good friend of yours. He has been a friend mm-hmm. of mine. I'm finding him to be a little like, I'm disappointed. You keep pulling me in on stuff here, John. Um, <laughs> like he had to go up against it to save the conservatory. He had mm-hmm. to fight tooth and nail against the park board, the, the, yeah, the establishment. Yeah. Like that's a part of this whole thing that isn't part of the conversation when it's you're being anti-democratic and you have an agenda and you're an irrational woman. Call me an a- irrational woman again, please. It really makes you look dumb. I, I think, you know, you said history and I think that's one of their biggest arguments. And isn't it, what's that cliche or that saying, you know, you're supposed to learn from, I don't know what it is, like history, don't let it, in order for it to If you don't itself, learn from history, you're destined to repeat it. And we can get into that. We'll get into that later too about some other stuff. But so with that in mind, I think we have enough history now. We've had a long history and then we have about 20 years, which represents 20 less less more than 20 percent of the history of the park board 30 percent of the history of park board where it has been dysfunctional and unable to manage itself Thank you. parks have declined in significance pools aren't being built yes there's some community My centers pool. finally coming online the yada 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 the yada community center isn't a park board thing well there's some that are and some that aren't so it's right yeah there's yeah. but je- yeah so anyways but that, so, so we, the wait history, a minute i just want to your point yeah. though some community centers are and some community centers aren't so when you're looking at your community center and saying, mine's fine, 
look into who's running it. And if, if it doesn't take a park board to run it, isn't that a check mark? Isn't yeah. that one layer Kudos of your group, level of bureaucracy? Are. I'd like to remove some of the bureaucracy. We don't need it. I mean, and and fact, yes, I want all that of point, those park people in city hall making decisions for the park. And to that point, those park boards that have the independent sort of, uh, com, you know, uh, counts, you know, organizations that are, are, are managing the park, uh, those, commission, uh, those community centers, uh, and they do a good job. There's no reason why the city might not say, let's continue that. In fact, let's expand that. That's a good model. That's democracy. Those people are brought in through, you know, AGMs and all those things. So uh, democracy They're not just continues. rounding up their friends at the pub. It's not how it's working. That's, it's not. And not the friends at the pub aren't great. I love my friends at the pub. Can I, before we get into like deep conversations, I wanted to say one thing about the rich, mayor of Richmond, uh, Malcolm Brody, who I've, you, mm -hmm. you and I both have interviewed him many times. Mm -hmm. And he is, he is a, quite a character. He is a long, long time serving public servant, deserves the respect based on that, whether you agree with his politics or you don't agree with his politics. Watching him this past week, absolutely zero tolerance with people who were, yelling and holding signs and basically protesting in a council meeting situation. And he was like, stop, this is not on. We will have decorum. You will respect. And he, he said Excellent. something to the effect of I've been here since 1991 and no one's ever done that before. And it was not starting now. Do you understand? You do it now and you're out. And I found that refreshing because if you can't control yourself, it's why I'm not in politics. Cause I would not be able to control. <laughs> I would be an irrational woman. But I thought it was very refreshing to hear just like, listen, this is how it's going to happen here. And far too much um, respectful, like respectful discourse is important. It's important. If you disagree, you have to come to the table without being hot. The, Coming in hot. The, 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 and, we, and we briefly touched on it last week, and I, and I had mentioned it in the January 6th thing that I brought up. You know, and I got attacked for even possibly referring to the fact that City Council of Vancouver had been invaded and, and we were kicked out of our seats and, yeah. and people were attacking me for saying, well, you know, but my point at that time, it was probably too, I was too soon to the table in the conversation, I understand. But I think that my point is the sanctity of the of, of the chamber or the, the legislature or whatever it might be and the, and the protocols that we have for democracy yeah. if you don't have them you don't have democracy and so uh, i think we've seen that with january 6th in america uh yeah. we we went so malcolm's uh the mayor of richmond his approach that is true and i i feel that you know i look at ken sim with his t-shirts and his you know to me i know that's really cool man like really that's really cool you're like totally rad dude but it also speaks to the laziness and laissez fairness of of administrating government i think if you're if you're going in there and you're not doing first it was the necklaces removed then it was the thing and then they got this and they got rid of the picture of the queen and then then and then 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 and so eventually we're like well you kind of want to put it the sanctity the the level of like okay this is a chamber we we are respectful here and we have to have conversations and have proper weigh all the protocol there's and, protocol and protocol and all that stuff yeah. if you lose that worked. you lose democracy yeah. i agree with you i agree with you and after mm -hmm. going keith baldry took me on a a tour his famous tour of the legislature yeah um and i think i told you you know i always imagined what it would feel like to walk through there i've watched plenty of stuff i've you know i feel like i've been there but walking through there 
and having him explain the history and really soaking it up, I felt different about it. The, you know, when we watch question period and the theater of that, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. get over yourselves. No, that's part of our process. That's the parliamentary yes. process. And that has gotten us to where, where we are today and will sustain what we have today or build on what we have today. If we continue to follow protocols and decorum mm-hmm. and, you know, I think it's really important. And we're going to talk a little bit about the U- United States at some point. I mean, maybe we don't get it to get to it today, but it's pretty obvious. There's a lot going on there. Um, but I think really so much changed when the term alternate facts became a thing. Mm-hmm. Like when it's one thing to throw down a campaign promise and not deliver on it, that's not unusual, but to actually mm. really come at your opponent with complete and utter knowing it's garbage um, is unhelpful. And, and you know, what was happening in Richmond City Hall, bringing it back to, to Malcolm Brody, is people were yelling stuff that he's like, mm-mm, because there's no time from to the, say. From the audience. Yeah, that's and, and, not true. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Good note. It wasn't the council mm-hmm. people. It was vi- everybody in council was very organized. Mm-hmm. And then they voted. It was all about opening a safe injection site, yes. uh, a harm reduction site at the Richmond Hospital, which is a Vancouver Coastal Health ho- Hospital, obviously, which yes. the council really has no so jurisdiction over. And then promptly Prime Minister, or Prime Minister, Premier David Eby comes out and says, yeah, we're not doing that because we don't need that in Richmond because so in a year, that? 25 people typically overdose in Richmond, which is tragic that it's 25 mm, people. Yeah. But in Vancouver, it's 25 people in uh, day. four days. Four days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but although, hey, let's wonder why is it so many in Vancouver? I think we know why because we have, we are ghettoizing all of the, uh, stuff that you need for drug addiction and yep. mental health Everybody's care and just housing. Go that and way. This it's and this all and over this. there. So yeah. I think spreading that uh, responsibility across the region is uh, something we should think about. And so stopping them doing that in Richmond to me is thanks, you know, here in Vancouver, like, uh, and, and there's the argument, oh, well, nobody's going to go to Richmond to get their, you know, safe injection. I'm like, what or do their drugs or you know what well so okay but maybe they will why do why why does everybody have to come to vancouver to do all these things and look what yeah. happens i live in yale town it's not safe on my streets anymore maybe it takes it's out of control alr alr land is that what it's called uh yeah. you know where <laughs> there's some like reserve. private private clubs being run on some of those how about you take a little bit of that that's being misused <laughs> and, and turn it into a rehabilitative center and what have you because nobody wants it... to create institutions jody that's institutionalizing mm. you don't want to do that but it's okay to put um seniors in care homes yeah when they've when you they've, could make it a when care they've lost home. their minds or their care on homes brink and they not institutions but care homes for people who have addiction issues help. when somebody yeah. needs help we should take somebody care of them help. we should take care of them to uh, not yeah, take reduction care of them. is a good thing harm but uh, but stacking it all into one neighborhood is not clearly not working no, right. and Something and to not to take change. care of people is irresponsible of us as a society. And I, agree with I think with that, this many people dying, um, and this many people addicted, and this many people on the streets, uh, it's terrible. We're all responsible. Yeah, it feels. I feel incredibly helpless. I do. We do what we can, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, it's it's terrible. I have we, friends this, who have we lost know what loved the solutions ones. Are. The solution is money. It's money. And and structures, buildings, 
whether it be homes, buildings. Be okay, let's go to the buildex. Let's go to the buildex. buildex. Breakfast, <laughs> buildex. What is this? Nice segue. Breakfast with my buddies. Uh, the three mayors of Burnaby, Surrey, and Vancouver uh, were there in attendance with the Mike Hurley breakfast. Yep. Mike Hurley, Brenda Locke, Ken Sim, just for people. Very unusual that that would happen because generally egos get in the way in those kinds of things. One, you know, usually the Vancouver mayor usually gets special treatment, and certainly with Brenda Locke, she gets a lot of special. You know, she's very. You know, she's in the media all the time right now. So I'm surprised that all three of them uh, agreed to it because it takes away some of their special time in front of a fairly important audience. Not developers at this event. There were some developers there. Mostly it was construction industry or independent construction people or people who right. supply the building industry. So different kind of audience. So they're not there. So it's, it was interesting because the conversation was about the speed at which there was a lot of conversation. But one, it was, you know, permitting and building and how fast cities are getting things done. Uh, or, or Vancouver, we kind of hear a lot about Burnaby, yeah. uh, was, um, he was, Mayor Hurley was saying they've got this 30 point, six point checklist, which first I go 36 points. Well, I guess the checklist is better than no checklist. And yeah. if you don't meet, you know, if you only do 32 of them and you don't finish it, then we can't really do much for you. So I like that kind of idea, but I think it's 36 seems like a lot. And when do they, who knows, how do you know when you haven't done third, you know, what's the process? And, and then Brenda Locke was saying, well, everything's great in Surrey. <laughs> everything's wonderful. We're building, we, we approve things. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, okay. And Except of course, Ken Sims saying, we're going to, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. But if you ask anybody, nothing's changed in, in the two years that they've been there at all speed wise. It still takes forever. And then you did hear you about hear places about like Kelowna. About, sorry, before you get to Kelowna, did you hear that the Vancouver, the study that was done about trying to build uh, just a powder room, a toilet and a sink? And the and the permitting costs at I think it was Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Halifax, Montreal, in a number of cities across Canada. And the cheapest was I think Halifax. I'm double check me on this, but numbers major, wise, I'm gonna spitball like $120 in permitting. In Calgary, it was $360 in permitting. In Vancouver, it was $2,100. Oh my God. 20, yeah. for a powder room to redecorate I, a powder, not even to build one, but to just remodel one. $2,100 Why are so many permits. people needing powder rooms? But yes, that's crazy. And that sounds about right. In Kelowna, we heard the same thing. It takes one week. I think it was one week to get a permit in, in Kelowna, which they present. They have it all digital now. You do it all online. Uh, there's so a simple great. process. They actually apparently went to the White House and did a presentation to them to show you. How, ah, they're like, what? What's happening in Kelowna? Um, no Kelowna. So but the one thing that bugged me was all three mayors said how great their staff were, how they were doing all these things. And really, you know, it's the bill, it's the, it's the construction and, and developers who haven't, you know, who aren't filling out the forms properly. They kind of like, oh man, come on. And then, yeah. And so that was one, but one thing. But that they're was, filling them up correctly in Kelowna. It's here that they can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, or other places like Chilliwack, which is quite fast and other places. Right. There are lots of examples. I know okay, sure they're smaller, but. What's the process? And and frankly, this 36-point checklist, if this 36-point checklist works in Burnaby and it's something that's cool, I, I don't know enough about it. I, does, does Banker even know that they have that? Are they talking to each other at a deeper level saying, we, wow, that works? Let's do that. we promised one week, three weeks, yeah. three months, three, what was it? Yeah, like some, I think it's something uh, like that. Mm, three, I, three, three. The other thing that was it, interesting, which I thought was uh, was the, the they, they were asked if they thought the developer uh, uh, per, like that negativity about the people against developers. When I was in council, developers were evil. And I would always say, well, you know, a developer is quite, that's quite a broad term. There's a church group right next to me that built two buildings for yeah. people with addictions. It was this Christian, they built two buildings. 
they're developers. Does that they're make developers. them evil? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So th that mood has changed. There's not this uh, antagonism towards developers anymore that's changed in the last five years, which I think is, is good because you don't want that kind of slowing things down when you have lots of people who just want to build stuff. We need to build stuff. So that that mood has, they say, has changed. And that's real. Good. That's that's helpful you've been saying that if you're a politician. Yeah, you've been a champion of that for five years. You're like, listen, there are no developments without developers. It's yeah. like saying we're going to build everything and you don't have any construction workers. It's fine and dandy to have Magic. a plan. And that's one of the big worries because we've got all the infrastructure that, that's being built. We've got bridges and tunnels and, you know, dams and whatever. And the province is like, we're going to build this many. Well, who's going to build them? Because the skilled workers is a problem. Like, it's just simply not doable at the rate that's being promised. So yeah, that was a big a part lot. of the conversation There's a lot there. too. Yeah. Let's go to, oh my gosh, arrive, Ken. <laughs> Speaking of bureaucracy. Uh, okay. You just lay the groundwork and we'll try to figure out if this was a good thing. <laughs> okay. So it's come to light that um, it, amidst, uh, granted, chaos, right? Once mm -hmm. in a generation pandemic, nobody knows really what we're dealing with. Travel is what? How are we going to get people in and out with testing, you know, we're even to places mode. panic mode panic mm -hmm. mode but it comes to light that the the developers of the arrive can app are two people in a home office who were not just one contract from the, the federal government but a number of contracts that added up to 250 million dollars a quarter of a billion dollars in contracts to who and, and honestly, George, if I was those two people who landed all those contracts from the government in a time where I really everybody was working from home and nobody really checked, I'd be thrilled. I'd take the work. And five to yourself. what did it cost yeah. and what did it deliver? And then there were data breaches. And now it's, did we use it? Don't we use it? I remember trying to help my parents Oh my God. Use it was, it. I still like, yeah, it's such a complicated process. It is. And then you go to the airport and they're saying, what's that? <laughs> yeah. No. You go to show your, here, you want to, and they're like, I know. no. Yeah. Do you have a printout? You're like, uh, what? Like there was just everywhere you'd go, you'd be like, when we started traveling again, it didn't help. It was just very confusing. So there was like, but we were in a chaotic time. And and so, you know, this whole process of, you know, the RFP, you know, request for proposals and, and all that protocol that, you know, exists in normal times. I mean, I'm yeah. sure we'll find a ton of things, all the money that was being given out and, and that so quickly. And now they're, going after people now a few years later saying you you got you got overpaid give us our money back and people are like what i did yeah. and yeah. and which is brutal but hey you know what your your responsibility as a citizen you probably knew you got too much um, even cra employees knew they were collecting serb from the inside there's a lot to police here because there are people yes. who would absolutely take advantage of the system and there are other people who wouldn't know better but it wasn't yeah. being monitored the way it should have because we were in absolute chaos uh, should be noted here when we're talking mm -hmm. about money and economies and money being spent and and COVID. Um, just announced today that both the economies in Japan and the UK are officially in recession. Yeah. So that there's two two quarters of shrinking economy, right? Equals recession, no. which means that there might be a trigger in other jurisdictions to to bring down interest rates to stimulate the economy again my so mortgage comes due little... in june please please yeah, right? soon right right yeah. 
I hate the concept that you know if any everybody who knows who locked in a few years ago now that it's renewing it's like oh yeah it's painful yeah yeah um you had a protest in front of your house yeah this is all we've touched on this whole Palestinian and this whole Israel thing but I, I don't want to get into that I do want to talk a bit about what I talked about with my son my youngest kid is 15 who when you 16. talked earlier about 16, 16. Oh, sorry his birthday was last week that's right 16 um now he wants his driver's license um and you you touch on this about you know misinformation that kind of stuff that uh, fake news or whatever we call it now and and he he was showing it kind of he started this thing with Biden and we said that's not real and he's laughing and he, and he says yes it is or no it's not and then Amanda found the real version of it and this, whatever he was showing us and we were sort of trying to explain to him and he's getting mad at us of course because he's sixteen he's always mad at us um, right. about you know he's probably listening to this or I'm rolling sure. his he's a big eyes. fan of the show he's is he uh, yeah, well he like yeah when I talk about him he likes to find out but he probably won't hear kid. this at least i knew so, how old he was dad <laughs> dad we're bad at that so anyways then i then, but then i was talking kind of dig, went into this whole and i lived in israel and i remember how tense it was i lived in the negev desert not you know it's it's not it's not a very small country it was very south close to to elat so you're about you know you're very close to egypt in the middle of the jordan valley and and, and on this mosha that i lived at it was patrolled with machine guns. It was, you know, it wasn't a kibbutz. It's a moshev. It's a private co-op. It, it, they're very rich. They they grow vegetables in the middle of the desert. Um, and so I was picking tomatoes. Anyways, it was very intense. It was intense to live there as far as you definitely felt you were in a state of... Uh, high alert. Know, any, anything could happen, high alert. right? Yeah, high alert, yeah. 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 So, but then you're... And then, you know, we're old enough to know... As kids, I was, this is this is a conversation I was having with him that I remember the Holocaust being an important part of our conversations as family. My parents and you know they are old enough that my mom was in the war, and this is a big deal when we were kids. And the whole Israel thing was an important part of what of dealing with that and 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 having a solution for the Jewish people. And what's happened since October is separating your what where you feel about. Who's doing what? The fact that there is people that were screaming pretty close on you know, things that against Jewish people that were the kinds of things you would have heard in the late 1930s in Germany. And then simultaneously, we have Donald Trump. And I'm talking about this with my son trying to explain, saying that if he's president, he's going to let Russia invade the rest of Europe. This is all getting a little bit too familiar. When we talked earlier about history being a lesson and don't make learn from it and don't make the same mistakes i'm going oh my god are we taught you know we got hatred towards jews we've got a president coming in who's going to say you know what you know we're we're good here in america we're not going to help you know europe we're going to you know pull back you know that's what he's saying from nato he said we're going to let russia do whatever the hell he wants do whatever they want if they don't pay the bill Russia can have you yeah. um it's so crazy and and so we're on now and, and now we've got these people who are starting to hate jews this is crazy it's crazy. I just like I'm trying and, to explain this to my son your... about how important this yeah. it's important to yeah. to be informed uh, and to that things can and how fast things can change. In four short months, we've gone to come to this. And yeah. wherever you stand on the issue, it's 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 an intense moment right now in the world, really intense. And then over there in Taiwan, you're thinking, okay, geopolitical, which would be similar to what was happening in Japan, like the fear of J Taiwan being invaded by China at the same time. This is a, just a little too familiar to me, and I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, because I thought we were going to have cyber wars, not real wars anymore. Like, what happened to 
what happened to not having guns anymore and just having trying to take over countries through econo economics and and hacking it's like that was way better it's and i think to your point of the conversations we're having with our our young people the conversations we're having with each other the conversations that are being had over the fence with our neighbors that we might not spend a lot of time with but we interact with you know everybody's got a, a new level of tension right mm -hmm. that high alert that you talked about from living when you were picking vegetables in the valley in israel all those years ago mm -hmm. you know that high alert feeling is very very real and when we feel helpless about what we we can't we cannot control what is happening uh in Gaza, we cannot control what Benjamin Netanyahu is doing, a man that was on his way to jail before this war started. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, there's so many layers here, but that it is impacting all the way here that that children going to school, children who happen to be Jewish that are going to school are now being screamed at by yep. people just simply because this person is from this country and these people, um, uh, attend their religious it, um it temple versus you know it's just it's such a leap for, and i don't know whether it's naivete on my part but like you said i'm not weighing in on who's right and who's wrong no it's that walking down the street here feels incredibly different yeah. than it did even four months ago to your point the the hatred, escalation of tensions uh, and everybody's and, just gotta hatred, like yeah. bring it down exactly we need I to learn that's, from history that's our point that's our point so let's it, it, yeah. let's take a step back everybody let's let's just keep things in perspective here and let's try and find a solution as quickly as possible i think they are trying to find solutions for this i know it's not perfect but we can't have the alternative we can't we can't go there this is uh, what too, you can do much. is stay tuned to unspun podcast it drops every thursday with this cat his name is george <laughs> you can find him on twitter george underscore affleck george underscore affleck on your twitter um i'm at jody vance jody with a y follow me the irrational woman on twitter i'm gonna i'm gonna drop that <laughs> moniker now that's the last time i'm gonna call i'm self-talk matters george i feel yes. good about who i am and the people that are coming for me on the social media trust me you're not taking up a lot of room in my head and <laughs> if you come at me hard enough i will report you to the police so good luck with that <laughs> Say goodbye, business. George. Bye. Have a good week. See ya. Bye.